It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. From the Fox News Radio studios in New York City, giving you opinions and facts with a positive approach. It's Brian Kilmeade. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. It's the Brian Kilmeade Show. We're going to have a big hour. Alan West and Carly Shimkus will be here. They seem very nice. Met him before in person. Uh, and we'll take your calls, 1-866-408-7669. We have a lot to discuss today. Today, the president will have an address to the nation. I think about 2.30, 3.30. Wherever he says 2.30, will be another half hour, 45 minutes, and he'll never explain why they're late. But that's fine. Uh, And we'll find out uh, why we should run and hide from this virus. They'll say don't lock down. But everywhere I look, we seem to be locking down. Uh, let's stop this play. Let's delay this game. Uh, let's go, go go work from home. Let's get a booster shot before you come back. Let's take the finals back at our uh, back at our houses and leave the campus. And I just can't believe at this point, with a less virulent virus, we are still running for the hills. Let's get to the big three. Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's big three. Number three. China is a communist country, and they always put the party above the government and certainly ahead of the public interest. We should do everything we can to take advantage of these trends by reducing our reliance on China to heighten these tensions inside of China to put more pressure on the Communist Party there. That would be great because despite appearances, they're having huge problems. The country who poisoned the world and now looks to dominate it has gotten a serious economic tailspin. The story they don't want you to know next. Number two. An event cancelled is better than a life cancelled. It's better to cancel now and celebrate later than to celebrate now and grieve later. None of us want to be here again in 12 months' time. Right. We'll just keep uh, never seeing each other. That's great. Uh, that's the WHO uh, president. Omicron. President Biden speaks today about the variant that kills next to no one, sickens very few. Uh, But we're going to have to have testing, a billion tests every day. Illogical panic is happening around the country. Real leadership would keep things open and in perspective. What do you think we'll get today? Number one. White House staffs very often forget that they didn't win an election. That's the president. The White House staff is staff. Right. And the attitude they have towards Joe Manchin is going to alienate senators and House members. Uh, that is no doubt about it. They harassed, they harangued, and they lost. That's what happened to all the woke Democrats who thought they could browbeat Senator Joe Manchin to vote for a socialist palooza. It bombed. And perhaps now Joe Biden's presidency is doomed. We will see if the Democrats will respond to their wake-up call or hit the snooze and lose. That was brilliantly written, if I do say so myself. Um, so Joe Manchin, as you know, on Sunday said, I'm, I'm out when it comes to the $2 trillion uh, Build Back Better plan. Now, they said he did talk to the president. They might, con- they might reconvene talks, but he says, I'm not for the child tax credit. I'm not for uh, raising these taxes through the roof. I'm not for a lot of this green agenda. And I'm not for militarizing the IRS. And among other things, he says, I can't get to a yes. Instead of talking about it, they started haranguing him. 
And then when the White House put out a statement saying that we're not going to get the Build Back Better plan done because Joe Manchin hasn't come around to agreeing to it yet, he said, screw this. He goes, now you have broken broken your word. You have made me the bad guy instead of a legitimate negotiator. And then the White House's tone afterwards really backed up why Joe Manchin backed out to begin with. You're not going to try to browbeat him into submission. Cut one. Basically, they retaliated. I figured they would come back strong. The bottom line is, why would I have said earlier when I was asked about the statement that the president put out? And they said, what's about this statement? The president was going to basically delay it because I'd gone and talked to him. He knew we couldn't get there. But, you know, he says, I want to keep trying. I said, sure, go ahead, keep trying. Whatever you got to do, we'll do it. And he made that statement. I said, that was a president's statement. That wasn't my statement. I didn't know. You know, basically, I'm always willing. You know me. Always willing to work and listen and try. I just got to the wit's end, and they know the real reason what happened. They won't tell you, and I'm not going to. Well, the real reason that they didn't, they broke their word, evidently. They evidently, he did come to the table with some ideas. Some things are a non-starter for him. And for the president, the child tax credit is everything he wants, but there's no means testing to it. You could be a guy making $400,000 a year, and you could be getting the same amount per kid. And is there an incentive to have kids? There's no work incentive, just getting money. There's already Social Security in place and food stamps for those who need it. Why are we putting another level of social spending on a budget that's already overstretched? Cut two. It's uh, staff-driven. I understand staff. This is not the president. This is staff. And they drove some things, and they put some things out that were absolutely in, in, inexcusable. They know what it is, and that's it. So, so, they, so you're saying the president's staff – was putting out, I don't know, was generating criticism of you uh, that that finally pushed you to the brink? Is that what you're saying? I'm just saying that, bottom line, I knew that we could not change. It was never going to change. It never could change with that many people. So I think for the last month, I've been telling people, they keep saying, Joe, where are you? What are we going to do? How about this? And all of my colleagues are getting very frustrated. I could understand that. And I said, gentlemen and ladies, it's time to vote. Just vote. And he'd be out. And it would have failed. Now Senator Schumer says, and Schumer's been good so far. He has not ripped Joe Manchin. He's smart. Even if it doesn't matter what you think, do you still need him? Why do people get confused? One weakness of President Trump that he never understood is he'd eviscerate people like Susan Collins, Susan Senator Murkowski, and McCain when he would need them for other votes down the line. you got to think about tomorrow. Schumer and Pelosi seem to have understood that. And actually, so does the vice president. Listen to Kamala Harris in reacting on Face the Nation, which is an interview we're going to see later on CBS, I should say. Cut five. Do you feel that Senator Manchin is playing fair with you? I mean, he went on television and said no pretty definitively. I think the stakes are too high for this to be in any way about any specific individual. It's a 50-50 Senate, though, so you need it. It is. I'm the tiebreaker. Exactly. The stakes are so high. I refuse to get caught up in the what might be personal politics when the people who are waking up at three o'clock in the morning worried about how they're going to get by could care less about the politics of D.C. So you don't feel betrayed. No, I don't feel I don't have any personal feelings about this. This is about let's get the job done. Well, what, what do you mean getting up at three in the morning? It's, it's the federal government's fault to pay all your bills. We can't do it to pay for all preschool, to pay off the student loans, uh, to pay for junior college, uh, you know, to pay for all these things. I mean, what are you getting up at three in the morning because of that? 
I mean, we pretty much know what's going on. You know the deal. Go compete. We can't put ourselves in a situation where five out of every $10 we make is given to the government. People are going to do what they're doing now, and that's not bother working. Here's more from Manchin. Cut three. I'm not blaming anybody. I knew where they were, and I knew what they could and could not do. They just never realized it because they figure, surely to God we can move one person. Surely we can badger and beat one person up. Surely we can get enough protesters to make that person uncomfortable enough. They'll just say, okay, I'll vote for anything. Just quit. Well, guess what? I'm from West Virginia. I'm not from where they're from, and they can just beat the living crap out of people and think they'll be submissive, period. I mean, you go up in your kayak and you're asking him when he's sitting there with his grandson. Then you jump on his car uh, because he wants to pull out of the garage. And then you're harassing Kirsten Sinema and doing all those other things. And Democrats just not even saying anything. Believe me, if they were harassing any member of the squad, they'd call it racism, sexism, something. But they don't say it at all because these guys are not voting with them, even though they're in their party. The president's way of massaging his way through is not working. It's not effective. I mean, the bipartisan thing was done by other people. And he didn't even pass it when he got it. So evidently, this top progressive, this uh, uh, this Congresswoman Jayapal, took a call from Senator Manchin saying, listen, I, I was negotiating with you, but I'm not going to be doing it now. I just want to tell you personally. And evidently, she got really mad at him. She was very curt. Uh, he said, we need to tell the truth about where we are and why. And that's true. And Joe Manchin can go home. People act like he's going to go home and be embarrassed. Now, I know there's a coal miners union that says go back and get this money. I don't know. Uh, that's a small part, part of the uh, industry that's going to be destroyed is coal if this actually passes. So you should think about the long term. Jen Psaki, who authored a tremendous biting, basically calling Joe Biden a liar and disingenuous, had to walk it back a little bit the next day. And I'm not sure if she wrote this and even got the president's okay to release it. She would not answer. Cut nine. Is there any regret uh, within the White House or within discussions with Democratic leadership just about how this negotiation went, given that statement from him that he feels that he's been badgered and beaten? Well, that certainly is not our objective, never has been our objective, uh, but uh, our objective is getting this legislation passed and reminding uh, the American people and all people who uh, could vote for it, what the stakes are. Uh, so, no, we don't have regrets about uh, aggressively communicating about it and making sure people understand that if we don't pass this legislation, costs for the American people will go up and economic growth projections will not go in the right direction. All right, we're going to take a time out. I don't want to take too much time away from Alan West. When we come back with the president should or should not say today at around 2.30 when he makes the address on how we're going to battle the COVID virus over the winter, the Delta variant, we got the Omicron variant, and uh, the, all of a sudden, we're scared again. Not me, hopefully not you. You're listening to The Brian Kilmeade Show. It's Brian Kilmeade. I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in freefall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. As many of you know from your own life experiences, a life in so-called blue-collar work is something to be proud of. It is very rewarding to work that has impact on your friends, your neighbors, and your family's lives. Great successes can be had in the blue-collar career. There's no degree requirement for achieving comfort, peace, and freedom. 
While schools cut shop classes and funnel students into colleges, there are plenty of options for hard workers who are ready to take advantage of open positions. Many young people today assume that college is the only way to achieve success in life. That is not true. Let me introduce you to Ken Rusk. Ken spent his younger years digging ditches and working in construction. He never went to college. Instead, he made goals, planned, and worked hard for 30 years. Now Ken is a successful entrepreneur with multiple businesses and revenue streams. In his national best-selling book, Blue Collar Cash, Ken shares his insights from over 30 years of working in blue-collar trades as an entrepreneur, mentor, and life coach. Now he's created a guide made specifically for you and your unique situation. This guide will give you or someone you love the tools you need to start designing the life of their dreams. You can achieve your dreams regardless of your educational background or your past. Go to KenRusk.com path to learn more. That's KenRusk.com path. Don't go any information you want. Truth you demand. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. When you open the border up to illegal immigration, which takes half the border patrol off the line, you open it up to criminals, you open it up to human trafficking of women and children, and you open it up to terrorism. Look, border patrol, Brian, border patrol has already arrested over 15 people. On the, on the terror screening database. 15, this is just the latest. So we know they released 600,000 into the country this past year, and we know there's 400,000 gotaways, people that didn't get apprehended and, and escaped. We know that from camera traffic, drone traffic, sensor traffic. So terrorists don't wanna get arrested. So how many of that 400,000 didn't gotcha. get arrested and they're terrorists? And that is Tom Holman, he used to run things at the border and do just about everything that has to do with Border Patrol and uh, was uh, working um, I guess almost freelance for President Trump and his outrage is what's going on at the border right now. But aren't you joining us now, Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, running for governor, wants to be the next uh, governor of Texas, help him out. Uh, Colonel, first off, your reaction to the word, the news uh, that Mayorkas has given the green light to finish up those wall gaps and uh, finish off the roads that Donald Trump had left off with. Well, it's good to be with you, and Merry Christmas, Brian. And, you know, let's see if that does come to fruition. Uh, Once again, people need to understand that Texas has 1,254 miles of border that it shares with Mexico, and the Trump wall is only 145 miles. And I know that a lot of coverage was given to uh, Governor Abbott, but that's just another 1.7 miles that uh, they're looking to do. So we have many gaps that are out there. And Mr. Holman just brought up uh, an incredible point. When you go out to West Texas, uh, I was out in Brewster County, which has 192 miles that it shares, just one county. Uh, That's where you see a large proliferation of people that are coming across, camouflage uh, attire, black uh, camouflage attire, backpacks, and things of this nature. And we're just spread thin. We don't have enough assets and resources out there. So we do need to have some type of physical barrier, but we also need to have the boots on the ground, the the Texas National Guard troops, and we need to have the Customs and Border Patrol on the border to do uh, what is necessary instead of just handing over illegals to these non-governmental organizations because he's right. We're seeing a proliferation of human and sex trafficking, the drug trafficking. We've had the largest amount of uh, drug overdoses in the history of the United States of America this year, mainly because of fentanyl. Fentanyl, too, uh, 11 tons. It's almost twice what it was in 2020. In 2021, it's directly to the border. Correct. Yeah, absolutely right. And the ingredients of fentanyl come from China. 
They're brought down to uh, to Mexico. They're shipped there. And the cartels really, that's one of the things that I'll do as governor, is designate them as a transnational narco-criminal terrorist organization because that's who they are. And they're going to work with anybody that will pay them money to include ISIS, al-Qaeda, uh, the Taliban. And uh, as long as you have a border that is open and porous like what we have, they will get people across that border. And when you travel along uh, what I call the, the border control zone, you see a lot of these checkpoints now that are unmanned because we are taking the Border Patrol agents off and we're just having them down there once again, just picking up the illegals and turning them over to these non-governmental organizations. And they're the ones that are giving them the plane tickets or the bus tickets and they end up you know, landing up there in your neck of the woods in the middle of the night in Westchester County, New York. Not surprised you picked up a 21-year-old uh, from Saudi Arabia with links to terror in Yemen? No, I'm not surprised because we've already seen that happening, and uh, you will see a large amount of prayer rugs that are down there. One of the things, if you read intelligence sources, the number one language that Islamic terrorists and jihadists are learning is Spanish uh, so that they can easily infiltrate across and uh, not be detected. And so this is a huge concern. So this is a this is a drug trafficking crisis. It's a human and sex trafficking crisis. Texas is the number one state for human and sex trafficking. And it's also a big national security issue and crisis. But I don't trust the Biden administration to do anything because this open borders agenda is something that they wanted to see happen. They have implemented it unconstitutionally, and that's why states have to step up and, and do what is necessary to protect their sovereignty. Yeah, pretty true. Uh, so the in Congress— they are getting very optimistic that they're going to be able to flip the House and maybe even the Senate. That is not stopping Chuck Schumer from maybe doing some gymnastics to pass election reform, and he still wants to build, up, build back better. Describe from your perception what the Biden administration is like one year in. Uh, one year in, it's a catastrophe. You look at our economic security, uh, our economy is, is in the tank. You look at our energy security, the fact that we had to go and beg OPEC to increase production, they said no. And then we uh, you know, decided that we would take uh, – uh, oil from the strategic uh, reserves, and that was just maybe a, a month long. So energy-wise, we're, we're in bad shape. And when you look at what is happening with our national security, our foreign policy, the debacle in Afghanistan, what we see happening on the border, nothing good is going right for the Biden administration. Now, I don't think that anyone, anyone objectively should have thought anything was going to come good out of this Biden administration. This is a progressive socialist, far leftist uh, organization, I mean, administration, and Joe Biden it's just the face. He is not the one that is actually pulling the levers. So the Omicron is coming. Uh, you got hit by Delta. Mm -hmm. You're fine. Your wife's fine. Are you worried about this variant? And are you stunned the overreaction that I'm seeing, in my words, around the country? Uh, no, I'm not stunned by the overreaction because this is about power and control. This is not about leadership, which talks about the things that can be done and talks about other protocols, therapies, and treatments that people can have. Look at the example down there in Florida where they have opened. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton with Row. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my name is Chad. His name is Jonathan. But you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. 
open up more monoclonal antibody infusion therapy centers, and you don't see the panic. You don't see the paranoia down in Florida. And that's what leadership is about, and we don't have that in the White House. All they're looking at is how they can institute and implement more mandates, edicts, orders, and decrees that take away your freedom. So uh, I am not surprised, but I will tell you this, is that people need to do their own research, and people need to go out there and, and look at their own protocols. Look at the budesonide nebulizer treatments that can help to clear your lungs out. Look at the, the zinc and the D3 uh, vitamins and the calcium vitamins and, and vitamin uh, C and also ivermectin. It's, it's funny that we find out that there are people in uh, the House and the Senate and Congress that have been taking ivermectin, but now they look down their nose at everybody else that is doing that. So that's a viable treatment option as well. Got to work out. I mean, one of the freak big things, you want to be a leader? You know if you're yep. overweight. You know if you're eating right. You know if you smoke. You know if you have underlying vulnerabilities. I don't need to be yelled at by a politician. And in Boston, they're no. shutting down the gyms. And that's one reason to leave these cities. We're finding out mayors and governors matter. Hey, I want to uh, support Alan West, governor. It's the Hammer Time Podcast. Fox News Channel's Bill Hammer takes you one-on-one with engaging personalities covering the critical issues of the day. Find Hammer Time now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. America's listening to Fox News. From his mouth to, to your ears, ears, it's Brian Kilmeade. I traveled yesterday from uh, New York City to Kansas City. Uh, My husband and I had an early lunch so that we wouldn't have to eat on the plane or uh, in the airport. Uh, We wore N95s in the car with the windows open on the way to the airport, N95s on the plane the entire flight. Uh, And then uh, some of the other things we've done, we've gotten rapid tests. The entire family is going to be rapid testing every day. Uh, I got my sister, uh, you could call it a bit of a lump of coal. I got her uh, three HEPA air filtration units to put in the living room, dining room, (laughs) and kitchen. It is absolutely nuts. That's CBS. This is a doctor, Celine Gounder, talking about everything she did to travel. It's winter. You want an N95 mask on with your windows open, driving to the airport? Carly Shimkus is here because she loved working with me. She will never say that, but that's what I'm getting, according no, no, to my sources. I'll say it. You will say I it? love working uh, with you. Don't you. be nice. You can't be nice. So, this was day two of the uh, first week that we've ever um, hosted, Co- co hosted Fox right. and Friends together. Uh, truly such an honor. Well, I'm, not, I'm not kidding. I'm so happy to be there. No, I mean, it feels... Ainsley it feels, is it, off, thank God. She, I hope she's still sleeping in. She deserves it. Right. And for morning show people, they sleep until 5 a.m. I know, right? That's about it. That's what happens uh, But no, now. it seems so natural. It seems like a natural format for you, right? Do you feel natural? Yeah, I, I really do. Um, especially because you and, you and Steve are such pros to work with, so it makes me feel more comfortable. But I'm keeping my and amateur And because status. I've known you for years now... Right. Um, so, you know, like, it's not like I'm nervous around and Most of those anything. years have been good years. Yeah, that's right. right. I, do you remember the first time we met? Um, I, I don't expect you to, but I do okay, because wait, wait. You, were I, a, I, you were a big deal. You no. are a big deal. <laughs> you were a big, you should, I don't know. Right, is that, past tense is an un- insult? Yeah, You're just like building it, up his ego no, now. No, no, no. no. <laughs> of course it was an insult. That was an insult. No, you, I, okay, well, I didn't mean it in, as an insult. Now I'm back to, to field reporting. No, I just meant that now you're in my circle, so right. you seem more, like, normal, normal to I me. do remember seeing you. Yeah. Because uh, the Imus people are not friendly. And the Imus used to spend, no, before I, you were the first one, so I remember... 
you know, I didn't watch a lot of it, but I, people used to write me, oh, Imus is killing you, like me in particular. Really? Yeah, oh, yeah. Would? Well, oh, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Uh, would he, he would just, I, that's his whole, yeah, like, the Howard Stern thing. Yeah, stick, of course. Right. Yeah, but. Did you say? Stick. Well, okay. Yeah. So, all of a sudden, I remember you walking over, and I'm like, wow, she seems, I wonder who that is. She seems in a good mood. <laughs> you said hello and introduced yourself. I'm yeah. like, like a are you sure person? you work for Imus? <laughs> Soon she's going to be shaking in a corner. Could you imagine Imus only hired, like, awful people? Right, like, or, oh, or he hired great people like Janice Dean yes. and would beat them down. Well, I owe I miss a whole lot because he's the pers- the first person to put me on the air. Right. I was reading uh, viewer emails at the time. Really? Did you know that one of the first emails that I ever read, and I was so nervous to do it, I just had to read it. E- but, you know, when you, it's the first time you've ever been on TV and radio before, it's scary. You're doing both. Yeah, because the show was simulcasted. And um, I said a bad word, a really bad word, like a, the one, like the worst word. And it was because it was um, somebody scripted it into it was like a pun that I didn't pick up. It was a fake name. I'm not gonna say it. I, 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 Can I could you find not say it, it, Eric? You gotta find this. You 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 can't you can't put that on the radio. Eric will. Really? Yeah. He okay. doesn't. Need, he does not need this job. <laughs> he's got other. He's doing it for free. He's always interviewing. Yeah. So, I'm kidding. Eric is not always interviewing. No, but he no, doesn't need, need Eric. We he love was Eric. born into money. Yeah, oh, naturally. Yeah. yeah. Can I have some of that? Uh, um, yeah. So, and I didn't even. They picked up on it because I I said the person's name. It was the it, they wrote an email and then they did a fake name as a signature and I read the person's name and then I didn't pick up on it at all and then everybody started laughing and I thought I was going to get fired. And I was so funny and gracious about it. But was it a setup? No. Well, I genuinely picked the email. So, I mean, it, was, uh, it wasn't like uh, I missed, picked uh, it uh, for me. It was like all on me. I was going through his uh, email account, uh, and I was just like, oh, uh, this is a good email. And it was a fake name. You know, one of those, you know how, you know what I'm talking about. And, yeah, right. I, was, I was like 23. Right. Uh, willing so to read scared. anything. No, well, he probably, he, what did you say, Allison? All right, uh, Carly, here's the thing. He probably loved it because you live for stuff like that, especially yeah. his show. Yeah. I mean, why would he ever be mad at you? He'll pretend that. <laughs> to me, that was uh, the funny part. And I did meet I, I did go on the air with him once. He so I think it was the you. Sam Houston paperback book, and all of a sudden they go, well, the publicist says, oh, I just want you to have him. I'm like, God, oh, no, he doesn't. And he goes, no, he wants to have you on. Yeah. And he knows he knew a lot about sports. He was very, not about sports, but he knew a lot about uh, Sam Houston. Yeah. 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 So it was okay. good. I remember. I think I was in Orlando at the time. Mm-hmm. But uh, so that's the first time I saw you. You were very friendly. Well, you, I thought that, that you, you were so nice too. Yeah. And where do you remember? It was by the elevator. Yes, that's a, that's the image that I have in my right. head is meeting you by the elevator. Right. Yeah, I don't really remember exactly what we talked about, but I walked away being like, "Oh my gosh!" And I remember cool. thinking to myself, "I hope Imus doesn't destroy her seriously because he could break your spirit." Well, when I worked with him, he. Um, was you know, was a, yeah, he was much more mellow considering the stories that I had previously heard about him. But I, I mean, I will never say um, a bad word about it. I know there's a lot of opinions, but um, he was very generous uh, to me, not just in terms of my career, but also monetarily. When you know, when you're young and you're in this industry, uh, you're not making a whole lot of money, and he always made sure that Christmas was extra special for me. And, you know, we had some, he was like a grandpa in some ways. Right. Mm-hmm. And then he had young kids. Yeah, he, he had a young yeah, kid, Yeah, he right? had, Wyatt, yeah, I wonder how old he is now. He was into the rodeo thing, so I'm sure he's doing well. Right. I should have done that. Rodeo? Yeah. I was, it was I either was, that or this. I was, <laughs> it was very <laughs> close. It was, you know, I, I, right. should we okay, talk so, about serious things? Yes. Oh, no. First off, here is Carly Shimkus making her debut with Imus. Oh, no. 
Anyway, what do you have this morning? All right, I have two for you. Uh, right. The first one is from Mike from Pinehurst, North Carolina. No, no, you did not. not just fall for that. No, it's not. You, 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 she it just is. got punked. She it just is. got oh punked. Oh, my God. It is not she from just, him. She no. just got punked. <laughs> Are you kidding? Oh, uh, you got to be kidding. You heard it here, folks. Yeah. <laughs> is the next one from Dick Hurts? Oh, come on. Uh, and this Richard Gazinia is next, right? Oh, man. Oh, man. Come on. Such a, such I need to because I'm about to cry. <laughs> So, I didn't. It was all bleeped out. I have no idea. No, what don't you, worry about it. I'll tell you, you the break. You really don't know what you probably said there. Can I say the first yes, name? And to be fair, actually, Eric and I were discussing it in here. You enunciated the whole word very well. So you actually, like, yes, you got punked, but we sort of could have played it. Yeah, but we decided not <laughs> Thank to. You. But the first word, the first name of the person was Mike. Should I pause and then say the neck the name? Yeah, you pause. Okay, pause. Pause. The last name of the person was Hunt. Oh, okay. That I was gotcha. a bad one. Right. Bad. Mike Hunt is yeah. okay. Right. So then I'm already nervous to read this email. They had me standing on a platform. I was in in the studio. I was like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? And then I, my brain is going. I'm like, what did I just say? Because everybody's laughing. And then I, it finally clicks. And I was just, thank God this is radio because I turned 17 different shades of red. <laughs> wow. I, you know what's amazing about that story? That you actually picked it yourself. I did. Right? So I, I like that story. If someone set you up, I would be like, you know what? That's a bad environment. But you actually. Oh, picked- no, no. It was all on me. Yeah. Like, oh, I made, the, I made the graphic, too. Like, I typed it in. <laughs> like, had no <laughs> idea. But see, they were, they were funny about it. Really, I didn't get great. in trouble at all. By the way, that, that's 20 minutes at least or an hour. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? I know. I think they, event- they quickly moved on, though, because, you know, it, is, it was on Fox Business. All right. Now. Something not nearly as fun. What do you think about what what Allison and, and Eric just played? Uh, they always pull up stuff from other channels. Yeah, from CBS of this doctor with an N95 mask. The windows open. It is 30 degrees out. Going to the airport where air purifier. I mean, come on, what's with people? Yeah, I. It's um, it's just it's so strange how you know when you think about. COVID and how um, somebody would respond, you know, a population of people would respond to a virus, a virus, you never think that it would ever split down party lines, but it has. And I think that has a lot to do um, with how risk averse uh, people on the left tend to be. You know, they look towards government to tell them what to do. They're really, really scared about the virus and they want to go to all these great measures um, to protect themselves. When you look at people on the right and they they have, in my opinion, a much more reasoned stance on this, especially when you look at Omicron, which you had a, a great interview with Dr. Robert Redfield and you asked him point blank, you know, given the data that uh, that you have on Omicron right now, can we definitively say that it is less severe than Delta? And he said, yeah, you know, you look at the information out of um, uh, South Africa and it's they're pretty much already past their curve. It's a quick moving thing. Most people aren't that you know, right. aren't even getting hospitalized. So why is everybody um, freaking out about what is essentially a cold? That's what I'm saying. I'm open to it changing, but why am I extrapolating on something negative? Yeah. Right now, everything we're seeing is positive. It spreads. You get no symptoms. I love what the NFL is doing, and, and a lot of people say they don't. 
The NFL no, says yes. if you are double vaccinated, and I'm not sure if the booster or not, they say we're not going to have you I take I think a what test. the NFL is doing is sort of a turning point in this whole COVID conversation because it's the first large group um, that is saying that is taking COVID and saying, okay, we now need to learn to live with this. Um, and hopefully that will um, embolden other organizations to do the same thing, especially when it comes to Omicron. And you, there have been people that are much smarter. I'm just repeating what I've heard. I'm sure you've all heard it, too. Um, people who, who are much smarter than me who have said that this really does signify the end of a pandemic, because when a virus becomes much more transmissible but less deadly, that's sort of like if a virus had a brain, it, it's trying to survive. And, and that's how uh, it does it. So this is something that a lot of epidemiologists predicted would happen, and right. now we're living through it. I want you to hear Dr. Scott Atlas, who yeah, he's was one of vilified. Them. They tried to ruin him mm-hmm. because, what, because he was associated with President Trump. It didn't bother him, but he eventually had to leave. Cut 28. As a pandemic evolves, the viruses mutate. The mutations allow the virus or the ones that that, uh, keep being contagious are the ones that survive, but they're less lethal. And as we get to a stage, it's called endemic, where there's a relatively uh, constant or little ebb and flows of infections, but very few deaths. That is when there's no more pandemic. The pandemic is not about infections that are not harmful, right. okay? The pandemic only matters if the diseases are very serious or cause death. Yeah, that's, Listen, yeah, that's right. He said what I just said, but in like a way better and smarter way. <laughs> right, without the stethoscope. You yeah. had no stethoscope. I d- he had one. I, did he have a stethoscope? Yeah. He yeah. should. Um, so President Biden is going to be making this big speech later today, and he's going to outline how he, um, his response to Omicron. Is that even necessary? I guess some people want a speech from him. 2.30 in the afternoon. Yeah. Um, but, you know, um, we were talking about this on, on Fox and Friends, of course, earlier today. And what is it? About 75 percent of the American population at least has one shot. We're a highly popular. We're a highly vaccinated population. And I think that the people who aren't vaccinated right now aren't going to listen to the president's speech and all of a sudden think, oh, OK, now's my time. So I think he needs to change his messaging. Obviously, push the vaccines, push boosters. That's what any president would do. That's what President um, Trump did as well. But this whole notion that this is going to be a winter of death and destruction and shaming people who are unvaccinated just turns people off. I think that what he should say is, you know, that uh, winter of death that we were talking about, I'm going to do everything in my power to prevent that from happening. And here's how. And then he's got to talk about um, therapeutics. Listen, I, I, I played it a little bit. And by the way, that's what Dr. Redfield said, too. You heard him. I don't know if you heard him in the break. Mm, uh, I didn't. See, the former CDC director, he said there's mono mm. col, uh, colonial. Mono, mono, monoclonal antibodies? Yeah, monoclonal yeah. antibodies. Mm-hmm. He said we got to modify it a little bit for this. But he goes, we got to get – he goes, why they're not everywhere is no excuse. I Regeneron know. has got to be retooled. He said just a little bit for this. But then he said this Pfizer drug, antiviral. He said the same thing you were saying, but he was telling me that in the break. That I go, listen, just kill, I want to. I don't want to be generic. Just tell me exactly where you want to go with this. What is your message? I go, what would you say today at three? And he said, number one, you got to expedite treatment. And I don't understand that. What is the difference for Dr. Fauci to say, I got you a pill. The minute you see symptoms or test positive, mm-hmm. or I got you a vaccine to prevent you from getting it. What is the big I, deal? I know. I, I, I don't understand it. I I guess it, the mess, they don't want to muddle the message. It's I'm having trouble figuring out why, first of all, that Pfizer apparently has been ready 
with this pill for a while now, and the FDA hasn't touched it yet. So uh, the FDA needs to to approve this Pfizer drug. But once they do, if you take it, it apparently it could be like Tamiflu. So you, you get COVID, they give you the pill, and then it decreases the chance of hospitalization by 90%. So you are really looking at, at something that would be like a, a cold right. or something so much less severe. Why they're consistently just... They're leaving that out of the conversation. They're also not talking about natural immunity. You know, if you get COVID once, then you're protected for a while. I think it's because they're so laser focused on everybody getting vaccinated, but they're leaving some really smart things out of the conversation. Right. When we come back, uh, Carly does some, read some emails out loud cold. <laughs> uh, and then we'll take your calls. In a moment. Educating, entertaining, enlightening. You're with Brian Kilmeade. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, download and listen to The One with Craig Gutfeld, the co-host of The Five, like you've never heard him before. You know him, you love him, you want to be like him. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. A talk show that's real. This is The Brian Kilmeade Show. My daughter wanted a tattoo, too. Uh. I said no. She wanted um, a tattoo of a camel on her toe. (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea. I have no idea what that that means. What do you mean? I don't know what it means. You don't get the joke? No. Well, I'm not going to explain it to you. (laughs) You can Google that later on a non-work computer. (laughs) Okay, I guess so. I really don't know. uh, Carly Shimkus is here, by the way. Yes, Uh, yes, I am. I'll tell you one thing that I do want to talk to you about. We only talked about once on the show today, and that is because uh, Senator Schumer, excuse me, Senator Manchin voted against this Build Back Better plan. Bette Midler tweets this out. What hashtag Joe Manchin, who represents a population smaller than Brooklyn, has done to the rest of America, who wants to move forward, not backward, like his state is horrible. He sold us out. He wants us all to be just like his state, West Virginia, poor, illiterate, and strung out. What's your reaction? I mean, you know, this is <laughs> first. My first reaction, and probably the less important of the two, is that I don't understand how so many grown adults use Twitter and say stupid things, clearly mean things that are going to get them in trouble, and yet they blast them out into the ether like they have absolutely no self-control like a five-year-old. Uh, so there's that. And the second is that, you know, the, clearly she's a Democrat and the Democratic Party is supposed to be the party that is all accepting and all loving and all caring. And Joe then, Manchin is a Democrat. I mean, yeah. And you but you look at what she said about people in West Virginia and it's so <laughs> it's so mean and absolutely not true. Um, so, you know, she got called out and I'm glad she did. She apologized. For yeah, it, she, she I apologize. Anyway. Yeah, I say. But, but obviously that's what she that's how she feels about middle America and rural America. Well, someone had to type that. I mean, did she yeah. not? Did she not say it and type it? Yeah. Uh, so I apologize to the good people of West Virginia for my last outburst. I've just seen Red Joe Manchin and his whole family are a criminal enterprise. I know. Uh, really? I, I just, That's how you apologize? Yeah. Is he really the best West Virginia has to offer for his own citizens? Surely there's someone out there who has the state's interest at heart, not his own. Megan McCain nailed it. She said, "People in West Virginia vote for people <laughs> like lo- him because of people like yeah. you." I nice. Know. I cannot believe all that has um, that Mansion has gone through over the last what five six months. Right. Uh, Ke- um, Kirsten Cinema has sort of slid under the radar. On I this know. One. Um, he's really taken all the heavy fire, but he oh, said geez. no vote. Oh no, 
I just spilled water everywhere. Like, like on the, like on the equipment. Too. I know. It's, oh, no. you mostly water. on the Howie Mandel story that I don't understand. <laughs> okay, right? we can throw that one in the trash. Good, if you don't mind. <laughs> okay. So, what do you want to promote, Carly? Do you um, have a concert coming up? Um, tomorrow, I will be sitting in the couch in between you and Steve. Oh, you're going to be on Fox and Friends. Yes, can't wait. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Domenech, publisher of The Federalist, and I'm inviting you to join a new conversation with the smartest thinkers out there about the country and where we're going. Subscribe to the Ben Domenech Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Live from the Fox News Radio Studios in New York City, fresh off the set of Fox and Friends, it's America's receptive voice, Brian Kilmeade. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. It's the Brian Kilmeade Show, one 408 7669 At the bottom of the hour, excuse me, about 45 minutes, we'll do a simulcast on FBN with Stuart Varney, the number one show in all of business television, and standing by a special guest that's going to bring us inside New York, um, uh, Sid Rosenberg. And Sid is uh, one of the stars of the morning show on 77 WABC. We're privileged to have, have them as a great affiliate uh, here in New York City because we have shut down, well, we have shut down, we've delayed hockey, we uh, for a week we have shut down nine Broadway plays. We have shut down the Christmas show, and they might be shutting down New Year's Eve. Now, this is a time, of course, dropping on the ball. This is a time in which we're told we have to live with this virus, and that's the big message today. Uh, just absolutely is anti New York attitude, or have we lost that New York swagger? I'll talk to Sid about that. So let's get to the big three. Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's big three. Number three. China is a communist country, and they always put the party above the government and certainly ahead of the public interest. We should do everything we can to take advantage of these trends by reducing our reliance on China to heighten these tensions inside of China to put more pressure on the communist party there. All right. uh, Guess who is melting down? China. Yes, the country who poisoned the world and now looks to dominate it is having serious economic woes. I'll get into detail. The Wall Street Journal broke it down. It's the stuff they don't want you to know. Number two. An event canceled is better than a life canceled. It's better to cancel now and celebrate later than to celebrate now and grieve later. Right. Uh, None of us want to be here again in 12 months' time. Dr. Tedros, the WHO, the disgraced organization that just kissed the butt of China and allowed us all this to take root and never got to the root causes of what is, looks like a lab leak. President Biden speaks today on the variant that kills next to none and sickens very few, but has stopped this city cold in its tracks and maybe your city too. Real leadership would keep things open and in perspective. Are we going to get that at 2.30? Number one. White House staffs very often forget that they didn't win an election. That's the president. The White House staff is staff. Right. And the attitude they have towards Joe Manchin is going to alienate senators and House members. That is uh, Newt Gingrich, of course. They harassed, they harangued, and they lost. That's what happened to the woke Democrats who thought they could uh, browbeat Joe, Joe Manchin to vote for a socialist palooza It bombed, and perhaps now Joe Biden's presidency is doomed. We'll see if the Democrats will respond to their wake-up call or hit snooze and lose. With me right now is Mr. New York himself. Uh, He is uh, Sid Rosenberg, one half of the WABC hit morning show team. 
We love having him on. He uh, stars there from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. or whenever he decides to go into work. Sid, welcome to the Brian Kilmeade Show. Welcome back, I should say. Well, I love coming on this show. It's been a while since you've invited me. Right. But uh, I love you. I think you're great, and thanks for having me on. Yeah, you've only been off four minutes, so it's not like you didn't change outfit or anything, right? <laughs> I mean, you just got off the air. I literally just got off the air, and I was cutting spots because today's our last day. We're going on Christmas, New no Year's way. break. So I got to do like 90 commercials, like 90. So right in the middle of doing a My Pillow commercial, they grabbed me and said, Kill Me's on the phone. I said, I'm not missing Brian Kill Me. So. Here I am on one of the great shows uh, in America today. And Bernie said, uh, Brian Kilmeade's on the phone. I'm leaving. You know, unfortunately, Bernie's not here today, and your listeners may or may not know this, but uh, Bernie uh, was diagnosed with prostate cancer. And, um, look, he's going to be okay, but he's had a brutal week. His biopsy went awry. Yesterday he got a shot to put it in remission. That went awry. So he's missed a lot of work the last couple of weeks. He's home resting. We expect him back on January 3rd. He'll feel great. He'll be great. It's not a death sentence. But he does have prostate cancer, and it's been a rough couple of weeks. Wow, I had no idea. And he doesn't mind you talking about that like this, huh? Well, you know what's funny? When he first – not funny, but when he first uh, had the diagnosis, I I called him at home at night, and I said, listen, uh, you tell us as much as you want to tell us, and you tell me as much as you want me to say. And uh, he said the next morning, he said, listen, I'll tell him. And he's honest with the audience about what he's going through. When he's not there, he um, he trusts me to tell them what he's going through. So it's been uh, much like the uh, the whole. Listen, my, my my past, my history, whether it's been drugs or alcohol, him with this. It's a very open show. That's part of the reason why it was so was so popular. Is above and beyond Joe Biden, Omicron, and Donald Trump. Is we share our lives with the audience, and folks seem to right. like that. Is my biggest hindrance that I'm healthy right now? Yes. Is that holding uh, me back? That, that, that is a big issue, yes. <laughs> right? I mean, should I should I turn my ankle? Would that make me more popular? I, I mean, uh, it makes me more popular, but it makes me more sympathetic towards the audience. That's what, they, I got to think about this. <laughs> hey, I got a surprise for you. Are you okay. ready? Yeah. Carly Shimkus wanted to say hello to you, and she would not leave the studio until you came oh. on. Carly, from your Imus days. Oh, I love her. I'm such a huge Carly Shimkus fan. I got to tell you something. I get to work very early in the morning, yes. circa like 4.30 a.m., and I watch Carly every morning. Oh, uh, yes. Well, I was just doing Brian's show, and he mentioned, he's like, I'm going to be on with uh, Bernie and Sid in a little bit. And I was like, oh, man, can I crash the interview? Because I haven't seen you <laughs> in so long. I haven't seen Bernie in so long either. So I just want to say Hi, and show some love. Well, we love you. You're doing great. I really do. I, I prepare for the show in the morning. I have a bowl of frosted flakes in my newsroom, and I watch <laughs> you every morning. And you know, you've always been gorgeous, and, you, and you're, you're smart, and you're great on, t- oh, on TV. Oh, stop. So, Keep going. You know, I'm being serious. So continued success in 2022. And one of these days when Fox invites us over there, yeah. we'll come say hello. But that's been a very long time. Yeah. <laughs> right. well, we don't I, invite anybody. But listen, send my best to Bernie. I'll, I'll try and shoot him an, yes. an email or a text message. Um, I when will. I get off, but I will. send him my love. So I s- miss him so much. Stick around. Thank though. you. Okay. Yeah, stick, uh, around. stick around. Okay, so, so Sid, explain to people around the country what's going on with Shutdown USA. We have a mayor who is just getting off and before he goes off into the sunset is just mandating himself us uh, uh, out the gazoo, and now he is deciding to uh, whether to have New Year's Eve or not. Don't you think this is a total overreaction? Uh, listen, I'm on record saying the thing from the very beginning, at the risk of uh, losing, you know, 600,000, 700,000 lives. I thought from the very beginning this has been an overreaction. Now, believe it or not, Bill de Blasio was not the worst offender. He's actually had moments of, of uh, where he's been clear. 
and even said Omicron is not yet a killer. He has. The worst, uh, the, the worst uh, evil here is, is the governor, Kathy Hochul. She's the one who, with the mask mandates and, and all these other mandates, and Anthony Fauci, who came out yesterday and said, if your cousin is not vaccinated, don't have him over for Christmas. You can't make it up. So, so it, it's, almost, it's almost unbelievable, but believe it or not, of all these villains, Bill de Blasio, on his way out, he's been the worst mayor in the history of the city, on his way out has been the most rational. Thank God he is leaving. But the whole crew, from the mayor to the governor to the White House, what they are doing to this country, this fear right. that they are spreading, and, and the fact is people are dumb enough to believe it. So here's the other thing. These nine county executives in New York, and maybe people can relate this around the country, are saying, no, I'm not into this. Because you have uh, Bruce Blakeman, who's going to be running Nassau County. He yeah. says we're 90 percent uh, vaccinated. And if, uh, I'll keep an eye on this, but I'm going to trust people to make their own decisions. Here he is yesterday, cut 30. I have determined that I am not going to enforce the mask mandate because it's not necessary. We are not in crisis in Nassau County. People want to get back to normal. This this coming week is the Super Bowl for retail, for stores, and I don't want to do anything that would interrupt our ability to get back to normal, to get people shopping, to get people going to restaurants. And quite frankly, with respect to our children, the mask mandate for the school-age kids, I feel, is wrong. We are stealing their childhood, and I've asked the governor to allow local control for local school boards so they can determine in each individual school district whether or not masks are necessary because talking with parents, they've had enough of it. Yeah, and also uh, one of the reasons why all these county executives, Demo- Democrats also saying that they're going to go against the mask mandate yep. in New York is because um, they say that their health departments are stretched so thin. And if they implemented this mask mandate, people from the health department are going to have to, what, go around and, and go to bars and restaurants and check to see if they people did are already. wearing masks? Yeah, and just to emphasize your point, Carly, Bruce Blakeman, uh, I actually helped get him elected. Him and Ann Donnelly on Long Island, they did all their events. But he beat a young lady who happened to like very much a Democrat named Laura Curran. And Laura Curran is a Democrat, to your point, who is also against all these mask mandates. So uh, the fact is, is that it's now become bipartisan. Uh, the it Republicans and Democrats, they, they've had enough. Parents have had enough. We've had enough. So whether it's Bruce Blakeman or Laura Curran, uh, we've had enough. That's yeah. the bottom line. Prediction, Sid. Will there be a ball drop on New Year's Eve? Um, of course, there's going to be a ball drop in New Year's Eve. Now, you have to be crazy to go. I actually, you know, I tell you this, Carly and Brian, I actually considered going this year. You know, since I've been back to New York since 2016, I've treated this most recent stay like a tourist. I spent 33 years here, but now I'm like a tourist. I want to do all the things I never did. And I considered going back this year. Then I realized... Oh, my God, it's miserable. It's Mask so mandate mis- or not. <laughs> <laughs> the, I, I, um, a couple years ago, um, I did the New Year's Eve show with Griff, and it was a lot of fun. But I was, you worked. I was working. Right. Um, and if you go there and you're not in a work capacity, I mean, people talk about it all the time. It's one of those life events that sometimes people want to go to. You know, you drink a lot and you just go out. But for me, I'm always cold and I always have to go to it's the bathroom. Terrible. No, it, I, is I, not, I, it is not a scene and for you gotta me. you got to sit behind I, the bike racks. Yes. And if you try to get out, you, you're not allowed back in. That's right. I'm and Bernie, always, yeah, Bernie al- did it, too, for a couple of years. Bernie actually went and uh, interviewed the crowd. By the way, you can't drink because the police will take the bottles away That's from true. you. That's true. So, so what's the point? you got to stand there in the cold for like six hours for what? Uh, again, it, uh, uh, as a tourist, maybe I get it. But as a New Yorker, if you go down there, you're right. a loser. What? <laughs> hey, uh, quick thing on sports. 
I love what the NFL's doing. We're not going to test you unless you, you there's something about your behavior that's doing that. They, if you're not triple vaccinated or double vaccinated, or if you don't have symptoms, so they're not going to be testing people, finding people who are walking around uh, asymptomatic. Like uh, you, you see a lot of these guys, uh, Baker Mayfield in particular, said, "I feel fine. I got randomly tested. Now I have to sit out a game." So I think that's great. We have that's learning to live with this. Do you agree with that? I do agree, but it's too late. We had four games wrapping up week 15. We had two games last night. We got two games tonight. You got 213 players that have now missed time the last week. 51 more players were placed into the protocol this morning. It's ridiculous. They, they finally came to the realization they can make it work, like you just said, in week 16 of an 18-week season. It's way too late. The NHL just suspended operations until after Christmas. The NBA, the net games are getting suspended every single night. Sports has to figure this out because right now, specifically this month of December, it has been a disaster. Disaster for all the professional sports. All I don't think them. they're being honest. Do you think they're all vaccinated? Oh, God, no. I mean, Aaron Rodgers got caught <laughs> because he's a great quarterback, but he may be a good Jeopardy host, but he's not all that bright. But I think a lot of these guys lie. I think half of them probably lie. Of course, they're not being honest. But they're so young. They're young. They're healthy. And, you know, people are be smart. Fine. And people have people are should be allowed to make up their own minds, you know, when it comes to a, a new vaccine and, you know, to treat people um, like they're crazy for not wanting to get it. I mean, I, right. you know, it, it, I just think that that's um, that's sort of a closed-minded approach. Uh, listen, I agree with you, but but then again, you know, just because they're young, they're not completely bulletproof, and if it means your right. quarterback gets sick and has to miss a week or two, that can mean the difference between a wild-card playoff spot and the regular season. So I understand mm-hmm. why a private uh, operation like the NFL would care about that, but I think in general, to make people do any of this stuff, get vaccines, wear masks, completely un-American. Can I just say this? Carly Shimkis, once again, moving in on my sports. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. Should I, I have you, not You did it again. I mean, I'm the one who was hired as a sports guy, yeah. and now you're doing the sports in your newscast, coming up with comments on the games, and you actually covered the Michigan-Ohio okay, State yeah, game. Well, I saw that. Fox and Friends has sent me on so many sports things. So I did the um, Michigan game, the Michigan yep. um, right. the Big State. Ten champ- not, not Ohio State, the Big Ten Championship game. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, the World Series uh, a college football game uh, earlier this this yeah, season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the hilarious thing is, my sports knowledge is, is, is zero. Is next to nothing <laughs> outside of college football. I will give myself a little credit there, just uh, courtesy of my husband, because if you live with him, just by like osmosis, you right, learn right, a lot. and right. he Sid has never lived with your husband, so he no, I, I, I have no idea. <laughs> that would be a yeah. that would be a, a, a Maury revelation. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't be prepared it, it, it for. Could it. happen. Uh, listen, any two to the rumor, then you'll be interviewing Buck Showalter today as the new manager of the Mets. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's got an exclusive one on one. Hey, Sid. Finally, just give people around the country a sense. Should they come to New York for this holiday break? Yes or no? Yes. We are still the greatest city in the world. Yes, our political leaders are the worst in the history of politicians. In the history of politicians, yes, we've got some homeless and some crime and filth and disgusting and all that stuff is going on. Boy, I just made a really good argument not to come. But on a serious note, we are still the greatest city in the world, and there is nothing like driving down Fifth Avenue on a Merry Christmas night. Come to New York City. You'll have a blast. And by the way, for working overtime, John Castamatidis will pay you time and a half. (laughs) 
So this is all going to work out for you this holiday season. Who owns the station? Uh, Sid, thanks so much. I appreciate it. Now go cut all of your spots, okay, for all your sponsors because you're so successful. You don't think I picked up on that, showing everyone how many sponsors you have? Yes, It's unbelievable. I'm actually going to a photo shoot. I'm I'm going to be the first time ever be on the cover of FLG Magazine. David Beckham was on the cover last month. I got an 11 o'clock a.m. photo shoot with Joseph Abood. So Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. That is fantastic. Do I get a copy? Of course, I'll even sign it. Uh, Bernie's name, but I'll sign it for you. All right. <laughs> it was good talking to you, Sid. You too, Carla. You keep up the great work, Thank beautiful, you. okay? Right. See you guys. All right. See you later. So I'm glad you two were able to connect through my show. <laughs> and this is unbelievable. In the beginning, it was just like a, a phone call among friends. Oh, people are listening? Yeah, I know. Well, that's the naturalness. Now, uh, Carla, you've already been on the air for five hours. you got another hour to do. Yeah, i got an hour at one. That's going to be a special that airs on Christmas Eve? Exactly, for Outnumbered. All right. Mm-hmm. And so you can't, you're not done yet, but I appreciate you giving, bringing your A-game. Oh, you usually could have phoned it in you. and texted the whole time while I was talking. Absolutely not. Okay. Not around you. Always the A game. Thank you. Back in a moment. Questioning everything. It's Brian Kilmeade. Fox Nation presents podcasts, Women of the Bible Speak. I'm Shannon Bream, host of Fox News at Night and author of the new book, Women of the Bible Speak, the wisdom of 16 women and their lessons for today. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, foxnewspodcast.com, or wherever you download your podcasts. A radio show like no other. It's Brian Kilmeade. And it's an important trend in China. Remember, China is a communist country, and they always put the party above the government and certainly ahead of the public interest. We should do everything we can to take advantage of these trends by reducing our reliance on China for things like advanced technology, but also life-sustaining drugs or life-sustaining uh, you know, medical devices or medical equipment. We should not continue to have such a huge and entangled trade relationship with China. We should bring more of that manufacturing back home. We should rely more on our allies. We should do everything we can to heighten these tensions inside of China to put more pressure on the Communist Party there. And I just thought he'd be the perfect person to ask last night on primetime. You know, I'm going to be hosting that tonight at all week long at 7, up until New- uh, Christmas Eve, I should say. But I just thought it was fascinating. Over the last two days, Wall Street Journal has done separate stories about the troubles China's having. You would think, oh, they've got the space program, hypersonic missile, they're building more aircraft carriers. Things are going great. Well, it turns out they're not. They're wiping out all entrepreneurial spirit. They're wiping out all profit margin. They're wiping out uh, streaming because they felt as though kids are spending too much time uh, doing that. So it's wiping out jobs. And they say the higher the unemployment is higher for young people than it ever has in their history. They don't know where to go. They also have three major corporations uh, and their real estate, by the way, is heading in the wrong direction. Three major corporations uh, that are going belly up. I'm serious. They are actually going bankrupt. Because this guy, this omnipotent leader, says he wants to be all about the state, not about personal growth. And they're also taking away extra help and vocational courses that are allowing the rich to give their kids tutors in order for them to get into better schools. You know what they did? Instead of giving tutors to everybody, they wiped out all of them. So it's going to bring the whole country down to the same level. Is that a country you want to live in? Of course the answer is no. Oh, did I mention they also... Torture Muslims. Great place. one 408 When we come back, I'll take your call. Then Barney and Company, 10 minutes right after that. 
From the Fox News Podcasts Network, download and listen to The Untold Story with Martha McCallum. The host of the story on Fox News Channel sits down with major newsmakers each week to get their untold story. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. The more you listen, the more you'll know. It's Brian Kilmeade. And I think we're really just about to experience a viral blizzard. You heard infectious disease expert Michael Osterholm say that we're about to experience a, a viral blizzard. One expert now warns of viral blizzard. As the country braces for a viral blizzard. There will be a viral blizzard of COVID cases. The country is facing a viral blizzard. A COVID viral blizzard. A viral blizzard is about to hit the U.S. One infectious disease expert saying a, quote, viral blizzard is about to hit this country. It's not. I mean, I know we're going to get we're going to get an announcement. Or the president's going to give a speech at 230, which means he'll show up about 315. At which time he's going to say three things. He's going to say, I'm going to use the army to uh, help hospitals that are overrun. I'm going to also provide support for hospitals. Maybe if you don't get rid of every nurse who wasn't double vaccinated, that would help the hospital workers. But I don't want to digress. Number three, they're going to get tests a half billion number of tests. All right. A lot of tests to find out that you have a variant that's really not going to do anything more than give you mild symptoms. Now, I understand here, uh, Allison, I just saw an important executive that mentioned to me that a lot of people are getting it in this building, like testing positive. So, that's exciting. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of tests. Like, for example, I just... I love the idea that if you feel good, don't get a test. I don't, you can't live your life just saying, okay, I just want to make sure. Once a year, you show up and get a checkup and say, they test your reactions, they get that little stone, they put it in a little holster, and they hit your knee and see that you have reflexes. They take your temperature, uh, they put a stethoscope to your back, make sure you're not wheezing, and that's it. That's your checkup where they weigh in, good your height once a year. But I don't know anybody that could stand this in this in a world in which we are living on top of each other, in which at some point we don't test positive for something if you keep testing everything for everybody for everything. That's what I think we're at right now. I'm not big into the testing. I don't. And the contract tracing, I think we just gave up on because it's impossible. You're just destroying people's lives on an email. Oh, you're in. You got to be locked up in a room for 10 days. Oh, really? I, I like this. Believe it or not, I like what Kamala Harris said right here when she was asked on CBS about the tone of the administration, which I've hated. In the beginning, it was no mandates. Now it's mandates for masks, mandates for vaccines. How dare you be unvaccinated? Get vaccinated, get vaccinated, get vaccinated. You're fired if you're not vaccinated. I'm going to make every private business make their employees get vaccinated. That's just not going to fly with me. Some of you are fine with that. I never was. Guess who actually is on point? Kamala Harris, cut 18. Is it the fault of the unvaccinated? I don't think this is a moment to talk about fault. It, it, it is no one's fault that, that this virus hit our shores or hit the world. But it is more about individual power and responsibility. And it's about the, the decisions that everyone has the choice to make. Yeah. Everyone has a choice to make. And then, but you have doctors who you walk in and say, uh, what should I do? They don't want to be responsible for saying, go out and do something. And then, of course, if you get sick and you get hospitalized, they're guilty. So anytime you ask a doctor this, that's the angle they're coming from. So you have to figure in a psychologist, an economist, and, of course, talk to people that you respect in your life. So 
when it comes to taking the vaccine, get your questions answered from a doctor that you respect, if that's indeed possible. Then you have this governor of New York who wants to take care of you, but says, I'm not going to lock down, but sets up circumstances where people are locking down. Cut 19. This is not March of 2020. It is not even December of 2020. And it is milder than Delta. Overall, we are avoiding a government shutdown because we now have the tools available to all of us. Vaccination, booster shots, mask. We are keeping our schools open. Let me repeat that. We are keeping schools open. I appreciate that. She came out and said, all right, mass mandate to January 15th on Omicron on the fear of what could be coming here. Even though if you studied it, you'd see what happened. But we do know this. It's easy to transmit. I understand that. It's easier to get. I I hear that. But if you're double vaccinated, triple vaccinated, you should get almost no symptoms unless people aren't telling us the truth. And I'm sensing. I'm not going to say it. President Biden tweeted this out. We're working around the clock to increase testing capacity, vaccine availability, and support for our hospitals. I have more to say on this tomorrow, meaning today. In the meantime, get vaccinated, get boosted, wear a mask, and keep the faith. Okay, fine. Keep the faith. I would be unbelievably optimistic and forward-leaning. you got to tell people to get up and go do things. Now, over the last two weeks, let's look at the nationwide on cases. Number one, it's always good to look at the New York Times shade map to see what this virus is. Stop blaming governors and mayors. Realize the virus has a say in this. And as much as you were ripping Florida's governor, don't even praise him now because he has nothing to do with him. It's how you deal with the virus when it gets to you and it'll come to you when it comes to you. So deaths are up. Drum roll, please. Three percent. Now, I liked when they were going negative five percent every week. They're up three percent. Cases are up nationwide. Twenty percent. Now, cases will go up, especially if we continue to test and we get a half billion tests in, uh, in, you know, in-house for free. But look at the deaths and hospitalizations. Jen Psaki said this morning after being notified of the staffers' positive test, and this, of course, is the story of the president who got in contact with somebody who tested positive and was in their vicinity for hours. Now, remember, if President Trump did that, and he has, and didn't going to sequester, he was ridiculed. He's not taking it seriously. He said a bad example. Hours on end. So Jen Psaki hears that it leaked out that a junior staffer who's been around the president a lot tested positive. This morning, after being notified of a staffer's positive test, the president received a PCR test and tested negative. He'll be treated again on Wednesday. And CDC guidance does not require fully vaccinated people to quarantine after exposure. The president will continue to do that on a daily schedule. Good. Fine. So they'll continue to test him also. And I don't mind this. He went to Kentucky. And he's dealing with these people and he's talking to them. Great. Waited till Thursday. Understood. Well, the Omni, this Omicron was out already in Kentucky, hugging people with no mask. I'm fine with that. That's the way I would do it. But don't go ridiculing me or telling me to listen to Dr. Fauci who says when you're in the vicinity of somebody or a group of people that you do not know their status, you should wear a mask. Just know the double and triple standard that they have us living in. But also know, too, that even though the governor of New York is saying, don't, I'm not shutting down, I'm not shutting down, Hamilton is shut down. Eight other Broadway plays are shut down. The Christmas show is shut down. Dozens of New York City restaurants are forced to close ahead of the uh, ahead of Christmas, which is disastrous. It might be over. Uh, Broadway's jagged pill, uh, little pill, 
closes for good. Is that any, is, what is that, a play? Yeah, I think with the Alanis Morissette. Like, based on her songs. Really? I only thought she had one song. She has a lot of songs. Oh. Um, the NHL said it will pause its season due to the COVID-19 concerns. I don't know what's going to change in a week. I hope they change policies. And school closing surges a surge 82% as Omicron spreads across the U.S. My fear is going to do the thing with colleges. I have two kids in college. I have no interest in them sitting here in my house, uh, 500 miles away from school, taking classes. That's not why I pay an exorbitant amount of money to go to school. It's a great lesson to work your way through it. I also don't want to see them sequestered in school. Now they've already demanded, both schools are private, both demanded uh, booster shots. So they got to go get a booster. One goes back January 2nd. They got to scramble and go get a booster because she's working. Uh, and the other one's got to get it before she goes back. So that's going to be, she's going to ask her a couple of weeks before she goes back. So they all got to get boosted. And what choice do you have? I mean, you're trying to get a degree. If you have any reservations about it and you want to be honest and not get a fake card, you got to go get it. So, or else your uh, your life is miserable there. So, uh, when we come back, we're going to uh, have a chance to talk to uh, have the, a chance to talk to Stuart Varney. So, uh, we'll be back in a moment. It's Brian Kilmeade. Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. If you're interested in it, Brian's talking about it. You're with Brian Kilmeade. Hey, welcome back, everyone. In a few minutes, we're going to join on FBN, uh, and then you can finish up with some of your calls. Uh, I guess see we're going to be in Galveston. We're going to go to Florida. We're going to go to Spring Valley, New York, and Orlando, Florida. So just ha- hold on in just a second. But I do want to talk to uh, Stuart Varney. We do that every week. Uh, and I think a couple of things. Uh, when you look at what happened with Joe Manchin, I'm astounded what's taking place. Number one, the Joe Manchin, in the past there have been times where he brought people right to the threshold and decided to vote the other way, whether it was with Trump or with Bush or uh, with Clinton. I mean, he's been around forever. Uh and he's just changed his mind, President Obama. And people are expecting him to cave. He has not caved at all, uh, especially when it comes to the Build Back Better place. I never bought into it. Everything he said, he actually lived up to. Most people who have these insider reports never said Joe Manchin saying one thing and doing another. In fact, they said that Joe Manchin was blocking for about three or four other Democratic senators who do not want to vote on this but don't know how to get out of it because of the pressure. So he was taking the pressure. We're willing to take anybody's calls on the Democratic side to discuss it. At the same time, using the leverage he has with the Republican Party because he's standing up against packing the courts and standing up against getting rid of the filibuster and standing up against uh, nationalizing elections, which could be the next big thing, and against the spending palooza. So he used that leverage to raise the debt ceiling one time with Mitch McConnell. Then he used that leverage to get the bipartisan bill not only drawn up and agreed to, he got 19 Republicans in the Senate and 11 in the House to vote for it. I talked to one lawmaker three weeks ago who said to me, and I asked him, why did you vote for it? Because the squad didn't vote for it, and without you Republicans, it wouldn't have passed. And he said, well, I, I got assurances that the squad would have come off the bench and, and had those votes. And I was pushed by Joe Manchin to step up on this, and he'll watch our back when it comes to the bill back better. So let's listen into Stuart Varney. We'll talk more in a second. 
Dow stocks. Together, they contribute 130 points to the Dow Jones Industrial Average. It's 10.51. That means Brian Kilmeade joins us. Good morning, Brian. Good to see you again. Uh, thanks for simulcasting. Uh, yeah, yeah, welcome. Uh, I want to, you to listen to what Jen Psaki said when asked if the president will answer questions after his speech today. Roll tape, please. Might, might we hear directly from the president about what happened yesterday? Well, I, I think you will hear from him on how we're going to get the agenda done. Will he take questions? Though? He takes questions multiple times a week, so... Depends on what you ask. Depends on what you ask. All right. Depends on what you ask. Brian, my conclusion from that is that they're going to protect him at all costs. What say you? I, I don't know how much money uh, or have you converted your fortune to dollars yet, because I know you're an American citizen now, uh, Stuart, <laughs> but I guarantee you he takes questions. You do? I do. And here's why. It's just too much at stake. If you're that conversant and you want to send a message and you turn your back after those statements... I mean, come on. It's not Afghanistan. You're supposed to be but, leading us through a pandemic. How dare you turn away from the people representing us? But that's very dangerous. This president does not handle ad-libbed responses to questions easily. If the answer is not on the teleprompter, the man's got a problem. You really think he'll just get out there and expose himself to the media and questions? Well, the way I understand he's going to do three things. He's going to use the military, of course, for everything yep. what the military is used for him, to expand the hospitals, and they were going to get half yep. uh, uh, yep. dollars in tests, right? Yep. After that, uh, you'll have a few inspirational statements, which he'll squint his way through. And then he's got to take questions because, after all, he's supposed to be reassuring us. If he does this, it <laughs> just leaves... I'm telling you right now, a disaster. Whatever he said prior, okay. people are just going to well, ignore it. And I just think he, he runs from Afghanistan. You know, he runs from the border questions. Evidently, this is the only thing sustaining him right now from going below 30% in approval rating. Okay, well, that's, we'll, we'll see. Only time will tell, Brian, whether he answers questions or not. Are we betting, Stuart? But are we betting? Are we, no, do we have I'm a gentleman's bet? One of the few vices that I do not have is gambling. Do you know that? I'm the guy who used to go to Las Vegas to make a speech and leave taking more money away than I had when I went in the first place because I don't gamble. Anyway, I'm drawling on. What do you think about uh, him attacking the unvaccinated? Are we going to get that? I despise it. I really despise it. And I got to credit the vice president. She had an opportunity with Margaret Brennan of CBS to say the same thing. And she said, I'm not here to uh, to to. Uh, I'm not here to blame anybody. This is not a blame thing. We're in this together. That's the that's the attitude. I mean, you saw Donald, the cut from Donald Trump with Bill O'Reilly the other night, and he was saying too, take the vaccine. You make your own decision. But I got the vaccine and I got boosted. That's the American attitude. And what I would do, Stuart, I do this thing where if I had medical advice, I don't go to my councilman. What I'm doing now is going to medical people, people at least with a stethoscope or willing to buy one, and I say, what do you hear? And that's what, that's what he should be urging to say. Go see your doctor, the medical professional that you trust. I'm convinced that you're going to end up getting the vaccination if you go to a medical doctor because the vaccine is effective. Now, are they overstating the effectiveness of it? Are they not quantifying the breakthroughs? Yes, there, there's a huge problem with that. And we're seeing that a lot of these studies, I am no longer taking a study at face value. When I see a study, I, I want to know the science. I want to know what, where it came from. I will take the time to read the study because I don't trust anything these people are spouting out at us. But I would trust my doctor to say, this is what I'm seeing with my patients. For example, I'm seeing reports that Moderna on younger people in Europe is not recommended 
from 18 to 30. I said, wait a second, what is that about? Why are we not hearing this? So little things like that we have to go seek out, but doctors would know because they're reading the journals. Have you been outside in New York City yesterday or today? Yes. I'm sure you have. Have you seen the lines around the block for the, uh, the test? And have you seen the empty street outside here, 6th Avenue? New York City seems to be emptying out except at testing centers, which are lined up for hours. My, my, I know you're up against a break, but real quick, if you needed to travel to Europe or Denmark, you know, which is Europe, or somewhere in Australia, I get it. But if you feel fine and you've, this, you've gotten the vaccine, why are you getting online? I mean, you're going to see other people if you feel as though that person is going through cancer treatment or compromised diabetes. Keep your distance. Do, do, adjust your lifestyle. But why are people begging to test positive? And the NFL changed their strategy, and they, they said, did. don't get tested if you don't need it. I'm for it. that. That's my lifestyle. I'm going to wear eye black and do what the NFL does. We just hit the hard break. Great stuff, though, Brian. Have Thank a you, good sir. day. See you later. Merry Christmas, by Same the way. Same to you, Stuart. Uh, Eric, who's on WDBO in Orlando. Hey, Eric. Hey, Brian. Uh, I'm glad you played that Kamala Harris clip. Uh, I don't think she's genuine there. I think she's posturing because she might see a exodus of joe biden sure. or at the end of his four-year term her being up next so maybe she's just changing who she is the question i have for you is if they were to 25th amendment joe biden i think that they'd rather not do that because that would make the american people so mad trying to make us believe that he wasn't just put there to win and then we're going to replace him because i know he's barack obama she's barack obama's girl so no no well woman uh that? eric uh, thanks they're not going to 25th amendment anyone jason galveston texas jason hey thanks for taking my call i'll try to be quick here um i'm disagreeing i uh when trump was president he said hey look we need to close this border down we need to figure out what's going on yeah now, as a virus i know that's going to hit worldwide anyway but we could have slowed it down and every single democrat said no we're going to go ahead and let that ship in through florida True. which created the issue on the southeast corner of the uh, united states and then now they've been importing you know virus of multiple kinds and different diseases to the southern border you know, and at least 65, 70% of them people have been disease positive. All right, Jason, I hear you. He did a lot of good things, but it was coming anyway, one way, shape, or form. New from the Fox News Podcasts Network. My name is Kennedy, and welcome to my podcast, which will, I humbly say, single-handedly save the world. You're welcome. It's Kennedy Saves the World. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Live from the Fox News Radio Studios in New York City, fresh off the set of Fox and Friends, it's America's receptive voice, Brian Kilmeade. <sighs> Thanks so much for listening, everybody. It's the Brian Kilmeade Show, one 408 7669 Coming to you from New York, heard around the country, heard around the world. Jonathan Turley will be on with me this hour, and then we'll take a ton of your calls uh, as we try to get more and more used to. Uh, this variant coming in, which is easy to spread, but not many people have had bad reactions, especially if you're vaccinated. Uh, and one death in Texas, a 50-year-old with underlying conditions. Everyone is, to me, 100% overreacting to this. But as more and more mandates come down, people want to watch out for us because we're all children, evidently, in our politicians' eyes. So let's get to the big three. 
Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three. Number three. China is a communist country, and they always put the party above the government and certainly ahead of the public interest. We should do everything we can to take advantage of these trends by reducing our reliance on China to heighten these tensions inside of China to put more pressure on the Communist Party there. Uh, That is uh, Tom Cotton. Guess what? They're melting down China economically. They want to make it seem like the hypersonic missile and uh, their economy is pushing back and they're being more muscular. Sure, they are. But when you look uh, under the hood, they have unemployment for for younger people through the roof. Real estate is collapsing. And four major corporations have declared bankruptcy while this government starts taking away entrepreneurial efforts of the next Jack Ma. Watch China. Number two. An event canceled is better than a life canceled. It's better to cancel now and celebrate later than to celebrate now and grieve later. None of us want to be here again in 12 months' time. Right. Uh, thanks, Mr. WHO. Omnicron. Uh, President Biden speaks today on the variant that kills next to none and sickens few. Uh, it stops cities in many cases, at least Broadway plays and the NHL. Real leaderships will keep things open and in perspective. I hope we get that today. Number one. White House staffs very often forget that they didn't win an election. That's the president. The White House staff is staff. Right. And the attitude they have towards Joe Manchin is going to alienate senators and House members. Yes, and that is Newt Gingrich. They harassed, they harangued, and they lost. That's what happened with this woke Democrats who thought they could browbeat Joe Manchin to vote for a socialist palooza. It bombed, and perhaps now Joe Biden's presidency is doomed. We will see if the Democrats will respond to their wake-up call or hit snooze and lose. Joining me right now, probably in awe of that writing, is Jonathan Turley, Fox News contributor, constitutional law expert. Uh, Mr. Turley, welcome back. Thank you very much. Right. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but that last one was really well written. Am I correct? You know what? It brought tears to my eyes. I was thinking, like, where, who needs Shakespeare? Right. Uh, he's overrated, and we'll go over that at a different time. Um, <laughs> we're watching crime rage across the country, and you wrote an interesting editorial, as usual, just about what is going on. The FBI is willing to go and investigate these school boards, go find out what's going on with Joe Biden's daughter's diary. But when it comes to smash and grab, they just can't get around to focusing on it uh, or other things. Uh, Where is Merrick Garland's integrity? Well, I think that is becoming an increasing question that people are asking. You know, I supported Merrick Garland. He had a stellar record as uh, a judge for integrity. I still view him in that way. But the record at the Department of Justice has not been kind to him. Uh, it has been engaging in, in priorities that seem to be set by the White House. During the Trump administration, the media was all over this. Any suggestion that, that Trump made for the Justice Department to take action was met with this torrent of criticism that uh, they were endangering the independence of the Justice Department. You have a president who has been open in, in issuing orders about uh, things that the Justice Department and other agencies should do on legal matters, even concluding before the investigation began that you know border agents were guilty of flogging uh, migrants at the water's edge. You know, none of that really has attracted much media criticism. 
But the, the piece in the Hill sort of raises this rather glaring contradiction. You know, the Justice Department has done quite little in terms of the smash and grab operations, even though they have federal jurisdiction to do so. There are federal crimes that would allow them to get involved in a major way. But there is one stolen item that they created immediately, a major team that's been in the field for a year, and that is to look at the uh, grabbing of, of the diary of Ashley Biden. And this one has led many of us to just raise these questions about why. I mean, why would the FBI have this intense operation where they've raided the homes of journalists and publishers because Ashley Biden left a diary in a house in Florida? Not stolen. Well, yeah, I mean, even if it was stolen, that would be a local offense. Why all of this effort? But also these highly controversial searches being conducted on Project Veritas and related people. None of the media seems to be interested in asking that. And it's the same the same silence we saw when Hunter Biden's gun was thrown uh, out behind a restaurant by Haley Biden, the widow of his his late brother. And reports indicated that the Secret Service showed up at the place the gun was bought to get the paperwork for the gun. And many of us said, well, why? Why would the Secret Service be involved in any respect? Uh, This occurred during the Obama administration. And, of course, the media did nothing with it. They just weren't interested. And and this really struck you as like what is going on here? And you've never, Jonathan. What I find too disturbing, but but enlightening, is that with all the experience that you have, you've never seen anything tilted this severely, uh, especially when it comes to legal issues, right and wrong. Correct? Yeah, I don't understand. To me, how the media got to the place where it's at. I think that the bias we've seen in the use of the Justice Department is very concerning. But I never thought that we would see this degree of media acting like a state media, you know, where they literally kill any story that raises questions about corruption in the Biden family, uh, use of federal officials. These are questions that would have sent the media into a tizzy. Could you imagine, you know, conservative sites have said that this journal refers to Ashley uh, Biden saying that she had inappropriate showers with the president and even saying that she may have been the victim of of abuse. Now, I I haven't seen the diary, but could you imagine if that was Ivanka Trump's diary that had been found and had an allegation like that, the wall-to-wall coverage that would, would occur? And, you know, they're not even asking the Biden administration to deny that allegation. And that's what I'm I'm really surprised at. I would never have thought that the media could get to this point where they look like a state media without a ministry of propaganda. I mean, look at what happened to Hunter Biden. Little by little, it's getting more and more acceptance as it's legitimately his laptop. And then we hear about an FBI investigation, which is over a year long now. We don't hear about any progress on that. But we hear silence. We don't say that's not true. Immediately we heard Russian disinformation. But Hunter Biden has the audacity to roll out a book when he knows he's going to be asked by the media, is that your laptop? And he has no answer because he feels impervious. And Ashley Biden and her, uh, no one says that's not her, not her, uh, 
uh, not our journal. And here's the reason why we know if it was not our journal, we wouldn't even be looking at it. Yeah, and the thing I love about the Hunter Biden interviews is when he came out with that book, in the book he says that he was a hopeless drug addict all the way up to this pres- the presidential campaign of his father in 2020. And all these reporters were really moved that he was sort of talking about his addiction and ignoring the fact that he was at that time receiving millions from foreign governments. If he was a hopeless drug addict, why were they giving him millions of dollars? And the answer is – It was an influence peddling scheme. It was a corruption of our system, and they just don't want to cross that Rubicon. I guess so. I want to bring you to another area, and that is the president of the United States, and I think he's right. All of a sudden, because he's president, they're investigating his business as if his business had anything to do with him as a politician. It didn't. Now they're saying he inflated the cost of his buildings in order to get loans or his assets. It's called every day. If you're going to grieve your taxes, you say what a bad house you're in. If you want to inflate the the size of your house, the size of your house and the scope of your house and the value of your house, you put it up and you'll maximize and take great pictures and maximize the value. Um, I understand it. So with the president, they're going after him uh, from his professional life because they don't like him politically. And the president's suing back Letitia James who is the Attorney General of New York, who has been investigating him for the past two years. Um, Do you think he has a shot at being successful? I don't. Uh, You know, the thing, the problem is, I can tell you as a criminal defense attorney, it's very hard to make a case for selective prosecution. The judges don't want to hear it. You know, you you can, I've had cases where I put up in front of a judge saying, look, there's no case like this. Um, This is obviously selective prosecution, and the judges just simply say, well, it's a law in the books. And I'm not going to question their motivations. Um, and so it's, he's in a very tough position in that sense. I do think it's true that what they're accusing of him is ubiquitous, particularly in the real estate market. I don't have any real uh, surprise that they would find these types of irregularities uh, in Trump's records, um, and particularly in, because of the field he's coming from. Real estate's notorious of course. for inflating and deflating assets for different purposes. I and I do think that this is selective in how they're pursuing it. But remember, she James also went after the NRA and and, and asked a court to actually order the um, the termination of the NRA uh, because of how it, it handled its accounts. And I wrote a column at that time saying, really, how about all these other organizations like Al Sharpton's organization, which was repeatedly sued over similar you know, questions of the misuse of funds. And it's very selective, and James isn't bothered when you say that, because for Democratic voters, they want someone who's going to be unfair to conservatives while protective to liberals. I guess so. Uh, I guess since he's not running for a governor, you thought she was going to use the propeller. Do you think he's uh, in trouble? They said they want to interview him January 7th. Does he have to do that? Uh, number one, do you think this investigation, because Cyrus Vance is leaving, uh, the position, do you think that shows that they don't have – since they don't have anything yet, they don't have anything? Yeah, it, it, it does seem strange that he would go to the very end uh, um, to indict or not to indict. Usually if they have a strong case, they'll move quickly because they have to lock in witnesses. There's not a real reason to delay this because all the witnesses you want to talk about already know the investigations of the field, so you're not trying to protect uh, any uh, sources uh, so they may still be sort of grasping at trying to get a criminal case together. 
Uh, but once again, it's one of those things, you know, if you've got a cop car following you behind you on the highway, uh, you become hypersensitive as to whether you're going fast or slow. But if you're followed long enough, you're probably going to go over or under the speed limit. Um, you know, if you take a look at a billion-dollar empire or more, you're going to find Absolutely. potential criminal conduct. Um, but you still have to pass muster, and it's still, you know, the, the problem that I have with this is that it won't matter how strong the case is. This could be, you know, uh, walking outside the crosswalk, and it would still be heralded by legal experts saying that it's a major prosecution of Trump. Very few of them would acknowledge very likely that this is something that virtually every business in New York in the real estate field could be accused of um, if that is indeed the case. Yeah, I just wonder, could Boomerang, too, if it looks as though this is an overreach? But I guess we'll find out. I don't know how long this can go on for. You know better than me. But it seems from the day he left, this investigation has really uh, been going on. And all they got is a CFO, and a CFO has not flipped. And there's no other Trumps coming in to, to for questioning that I heard of. Right. And that it's very interesting that you did not have a flip in that case, uh, because I think the prosecutors were counting on that. This is an elderly man. Uh, with assets that are being drained, uh, it would be very easy for people to plead. Uh, I think the prosecutors were surprised he didn't flip because they threw everything they could at him, uh, and he's still standing firm. I would say that's interesting because they try to get him of using uh, the company funds to help with a private school for his grandkid. Believe me, everyone, they will uh, arrest half of New York City and Washington, D.C., if that was the case. Uh, if that's a reason to uh, indict a CFO, it's, I'm not saying it's right, but believe me, there's bigger stories in New York. Uh, how about the smashing grabs, which you were writing about, too? Jonathan Turley, thanks so much. Have a great, uh, have a great holiday. Yeah, you too. Thanks a bunch. Yeah, he's fantastic. one 408 You're with Brian Kilmeade. Get this and all your favorite Fox News podcasts ad-free on Apple Podcasts with Fox News Podcasts Plus. Just go to foxnewspodcasts.com for all the details. Radio that makes you think. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. I traveled yesterday from uh, New York City to Kansas City. Uh, My husband and I had an early lunch so that we wouldn't have to eat on the plane or uh, in the airport. Uh, We wore N95s in the car with the windows open on the way to the airport, N95s on the plane the entire flight. Uh, And then uh, some of the other things we've done, we've gotten rapid tests. The entire family is going to be rapid testing every day. Uh, I got my sister, uh, you could call it a bit of a lump of coal. I got her uh, three HEPA air filtration units to put in the living room, dining room, (laughs) and kitchen. Out of control. I mean, do you believe this? That's a doctor explaining on CBS today what they're doing in order to travel safely. It is totally the wrong message to send. This is if this was the first day of two year from two years ago from 2020, you know, in January or February, but January and February, uh, Anthony Fauci was denying it would be a problem here, but he doesn't want to bring that up. If that was it, then maybe we could look back and say, "Wow, that was an overreaction." Here we are in 2021 with a variant that has mild symptoms, and we have a vaccination that has vaccinated. We have 70 percent of the population vaccinated, double vaxxed, and we have. Over that, for those uh, seniors, 65 and up, I think it's like 87% nationwide. And that's how we should be acting? 
And if you get it, you survive it, and then you have super antibodies, they're saying. Vaccination with this virus, then you have uh, ultra protection. That's another theory out there that I'm willing to subscribe to. So that's the number one issue again in this country. I am, don't think we should be sacrificing our next holiday because of this. Here's what Chris Christie told me last night. By the way, I'm on primetime tonight, and I hope everybody will watch at 7 o'clock. And uh, you can always get my book, The President of Freedom Fighter. Got some great guests lined up, and I'll tell you right after the break. But here's what Chris Christie told me last night. Here's a guy who had it, tested positive, had the vaccine, and I think got it again. Cut 24. We need to stop scaring people. And leadership is not about scaring people. Leadership is about telling folks the truth. And here's the truth. The vaccine was never sold that you would never get infected. What it said was it would make it nearly impossible for you to have to be hospitalized or for you to die from COVID-19. And we have to stop the hysteria. The idea that we're worried about going out in public again is, to me, completely ridiculous. And it's 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 an absolute overreaction by the government. Listen, and that's a guy that has asthma, has underlying conditions, and he's saying stop scaring everybody that knows what it's like to have a state that's under extreme conditions, hence Sandy. When we come back, I promise to open up the phones. We're going to have some time to get to you. I will do it. Also talk about the challenge of Joe Manchin. I'll get into detail on what China is actually experiencing. It's heartening to see this behemoth who tends to act like they are this impervious power. Nothing like that when you look under the hood. Break. Living the Bream is a podcast hosted by Fox News Channel's Shannon Bream, sharing inspirational stories, personal anecdotes, and an insider's perspective on actions and rulings from the high court. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. America's listening to Fox News. King News. Unique opinions. Hear it all on The Brian Kilmeade Show. There are 100,000 Russian troops on the border with Ukraine. Yeah. Are we going to see a hot war in Europe in the next few weeks? Well, we are... Having direct conversations with Russia, the president, as you know, met recently virtually with uh, Putin, and uh, we are very clear that uh, that Russia should not invade the sovereignty of Ukraine, that we must stand up and we are standing up for its territorial integrity. We are working with our allies in that regard, and we've been very clear that we are prepared to issue sanctions like you've not seen before. Does that mean sanctioning Vladimir Putin directly? I am not going to talk about specific sanctions, but we are making that clear to him, and and we are in direct conversations. Look, that's exactly what Joe Biden would say. At least she got that out. Uh, There's no uh, reason that she be, should be struggling with that, but she got it out. That's clear. We're going to be tough on Russia. To me, that's not the reassuring sentence you want from a vice president. One thing about Mike Pence, one thing you could say about Joe Biden when he was vice president, you might not agree with them, but they knew the people. I'm not convinced she knows any of these players. Uh, and, you know, I, okay, I understand Donald Trump didn't at all, and he was 72 years old at the time. Uh, so I understand it. Uh, they're trying desperately to get her out there with CBS, San Francisco Chronicle, Los Angeles Times, uh, Charlemagne the God. They're trying to save her career. Uh, Charlie, listening in Florida. Hey, Charlie. Hello, Brian. Thank you for taking my call. No problem. What's on your mind? Okay, I want to talk about this Joe Manchin thing. I wish all these Democrats would realize one thing. Joe Manchin does not serve at the pleasure of the president. He serves the people of West Virginia, the people that elected him. And three to one, the people of West Virginia did not like the Build Back Better plan. And and it's been made public about that. Trump won West Virginia with, what, close to 40 percent of the vote? 
Yeah, it was huge. And, I mean, I'm tired of, of AOC and the squad and Jen Psaki going after Manchin. He doesn't, he doesn't serve for the, you know, for the pleasure of the president. He serves the people of West Virginia, the people that elected him to be the U.S. senator from West Virginia. So, Democrats, if you don't like what Manchin did, get over it. Right. And by the way, you lose Manchin, you lose the Senate. Uh, thanks, uh, Charlie. I understand it. How insulting Bernie Sanders said they, uh, the people of West Virginia, I've seen them. They'd really use this help. And how dare he leave them on the doorstep? You know nothing about West Virginia. You barely know Vermont. Um, by the way, tonight at seven o'clock on primetime, I'm going to have amongst my guests, Senator Lindsey Graham. Always great. We'll talk about this. Uh, talk about Dan Crenshaw, too, the Navy SEAL, now Texas, uh, Texas uh, congressman, but also some good news for Dan. Uh, and Texas and the country, they're starting to build a wall in places that was stopped midstream by Joe Biden with his executive order and his cancer center for the Boston Celtics and Mick Mulvaney. Uh, Jude, you're listening in Spring Valley, New York. Hey, Jude. Hey, I saw that on uh, Doug Sattel, S-I-T-T. All right. Um, Mary, listening in Garden City, New York. Hey, Mary. Hey, Brian. First time I got through to you. I'm a big listener. I listen to you when I do my home visits but with my patients. I just want to say something very quickly. Um, this whole thing about testing, you're absolutely spot on. They want this virus to go away. They need to stop testing. I've been a nurse practitioner for 30 years. I was a nurse when Fauci first started taking care of AIDS patients, and he screwed that up big time. And now we're swabbing everybody. And if you swab anybody randomly, you're going to find MRSA, VRE, all organisms in people's noses that are potentially problematic for immunocompromised patients, period. They need to stop this testing. It's not a rite of passage to say, I tested positive. It is not a cool thing to say that. If you're not symptomatic, stop testing. I hear you. Uh, I uh, were speaking to the choir. Here's Dr. Mehmet Oz, who wants to be the next senator uh, from Pennsylvania and replace Pat Toomey. Cut 27. A lot of this manifests the fact that people won't even leave their homes because they're scared of going to work. They're not able to serve each other. And if you get paid while you serve, it's called having a job. You actually feel proud about that. Instead, you sit at home, you're scared, your world gets smaller, you start taking drugs or you commit suicide or other tragic things happen. We're seeing divorces increase. These are penalties that existed. People have predicted they'd be there. We've talked about it on this channel, Mm -hmm. and yet they get ignored because of this myopic perspective that it's all about a single approach. Every doctor knows you take as many different approaches to an illness as possible because that is not one size fits all. That's simple thinking. Yeah, Dr. Oz weighing in, you know, because the thing is they want him to remove the doctor. They say it's not fair. You know, it's not not it's not center slash doctor Bill Cassidy and uh, Dr. Wasserman. Um, so but he's not doing it because I'm known as Dr. Oz. I'm a TV personality. But it's true. The thing that alerted him and I, we got to get him on. It wouldn't be I don't think it'll be that tough. The thing that alerted him, I remember, with hydroxychloroquine, he started seeing some positive results from it. But when you brought it up on the air, all of a sudden you were getting 45% of the country or 55% of the country would be going at you and saying you're giving out misinformation. He goes, no, this is pretty effective. And that's when he first saw it, and he kind of pulled back a little bit and said, what is going on here? Whatever happened with the politicization of medicine, and he was ahead of his time, that was about March, March of 2020. He were about to close out 2021 and, uh, you know, the two weeks to, to um, you know, to uh, to stop the spread is turned into two years. And he was we didn't realize that to his credit, you know, he didn't want to alienate his, his entire audience or 50 percent of his audience. To his credit, 
He stopped doing politics for a while, stopped coming on, and next thing you know, he emerged and says, I'm running for that Senate seat. When uh, Sean Parnell was unable to do that because of controversy with his divorce, it opened up that Senate seat for others to run. And he's the guy that many people are looking at, and he's the guy I think Donald Trump is close to endorsing. But it's problematic for liberals like uh, Oprah Winfrey, who actually made him a TV star, saw him as somebody that contributed to her show, rolled him out like Dr. Phil in his own show. And Dr. Phil, by the way, feels very comfortable at Fox. I don't know what his pro, uh, his uh, political proclivities are, but Dr. Oz, too. I mean, they're just fantastic guests. So I don't know where we're going with that, but that's really causing Oprah some problems because they're saying that Dr. Oz could win. They blame Mark Burnett, who started The Apprentice and got Donald Trump out there for the reason Donald Trump is president. Oprah's afraid they're going to blame her if Senator it becomes Senator Oz and he becomes the next senator. But about what we're up against, Dr. Mark Siegel weighed in that we can't start locking down, closing down again. I think we agree on that, but it hasn't stopped nine plays in the NHL from doing just that. Cut 23. Lockdowns and shutdowns and closures are based on 1918 public health using a flu virus as a model, which is not nearly as contagious as this one, Omicron being like measles. And you know what happens? You shut these places down, kids go back home, and they, what do you think they do? They spread the virus. If you're in a, actually a school or a university, even better, you actually can track things. You can test, like I just said. You can quarantine people. You can make sure they get vaccinated. You can have a policy of mitigation and vaccination at the school. It's very disingenuous to close schools and especially universities. Tremendous damage. We've seen mental health damage. The Surgeon General told me that the other day, by the way, and he just put out a report about all the damage that was done to the mental health of our children from school closures last year, it shouldn't even be on the table right now. And why does that never come up with Anthony Fauci? Why doesn't he not say, you know, masks are preferable, but we're starting to see some data. We're starting to see some data of the diminution, I don't even know how to say it, uh, of uh, school, the children's intellect. So I'm not going to recommend that. That's not his area. He's all about, look at me, look at me, appreciate me. Because I'm out to save you, but no one believes that. And I think that he's creating a lot of angst. And, and I just think that if the president of the United States was a true leader, he'd say, you're too polarizing. Stop doing every interview. Do one every three weeks until the heat goes off because you are 50 percent of the country is sick to their stomach every time you hop on and pretend you know what's going on. Don't tell me you know how to do your job if you're on TV the entire time. Mike, you're listening in California. Hey, Mike. Hi, Brian. Uh, two quick things, and I, and I I really like the banter between you and Kill Me, I mean you and uh, and uh, Gutfeld. That's really enjoyable. Hey, real quick, I just finished your book uh, uh, with Lincoln and uh, Frederick Douglass. I wanted to find out. Uh, I, I I really didn't realize that England had bought back all their slaves for, in 1833 for the equivalent of 17 billion dollars at the time. And I was wondering why why Lincoln might not have considered that, or what, maybe maybe there was nothing on that. And second question is, ask, ask uh, Mr. Graham tonight why he keeps fast-passing fast judges uh, for the Democrats. Well, a couple but, of things. Uh, on the fast-passing judges, this is, this is his theory. It's that when you become president, you should get the nominees within reason and the judges within reason. If these judges are controversial— Stop them. I get it. You know, what, what kind of thing are you saying? We caught you in a speech making this statement about Donald Trump being evil and George Bush being a murderer. How do you expect to be fair? I get that. But if they're just Democrat judges 
and it's just Rahm Emanuel going to the Japan ambassador of Japan. Just because Donald Trump doesn't want Rahm Emanuel nominated, this whole nomination process is so screwed up. You couldn't get any—I mean, for example, Daryl Issa had a position he was nominated for for over a year. We had no ambassador to Germany because no one would even entertain the ambassador because Chuck Schumer kept slowing it down as the minority. So I, I'm going, I don't see him doing it to controversial judges, maybe a handful, but I do think as hard as it is for Republicans to understand, if they get the White House back and they get this House and Senate or they don't or they do, it doesn't matter— they want. They have a right to put their people in place. Now, on these whole uh, on the the slaves. Lincoln wasn't president in eighteen thirty, so he didn't do it. They were not looking, from what I could tell, those three hundred forty thousand slaveholders were not looking to be paid off. They wanted to use the labor. They weren't looking for a payout. There was all types of deals in the works to pay them to release the slaves or work out some type of housing situation when they get their freedom. They wouldn't hear of it. And in fact, it was about, they, as we started expanding westward, every state that was coming in wanted to be able to decide by their own vote whether to have slaves or not. So it was no longer decided in Washington. And when you talk about freeing the slaves, the Summer Sumner Act, I think, was 1760. And they say, well, not only was uh, Europe ahead of us, but they freed their slaves in 1760s. Yeah, in Europe, in England, they did. But they left them in all their other colonies, which was greater than the landmass uh, of England proper. So that was the Sumner Act. That was part of the 1619 Project. So when we come back, I will find out if there's even more to know. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. The fastest three hours in radio. You're with Brian Kilmeade. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, thanks so much. By the way, you go pick up President Freedom Fighter. That caller was kind enough to pick up the book and read it. Uh, Abraham Lincoln, Frederick Douglass, and the Battle to Save America's Soul. Uh, I know it's going extremely well, and thanks to everyone. Now I'm on six weeks. I'll find out tomorrow night if I'm on seven, and we'll see how long. Uh, you guys are really going to uh, pick up the book, because I hope you do. To Frederick Douglass and Abraham Lincoln, two extraordinary Americans who came from nowhere uh, to be one of the most heralded in American history. And no one's ever going to approach it again. Once again, in America's past, the right people emerge at the right time, whether it's uh, Teddy Roosevelt, whether it's uh, Ulysses S. Grant, whether it's Andrew Jackson, Harry Truman, or Ronald Reagan. At just the right time, the most unlikely people rise. Uh, Eureka College from Kansas, Missouri. Think about all the, uh, all the people and where they came from. They're not coming necessarily. Woodrow Wilson be a Princeton guy, but other people would come from obscure circumstances to lead us. And maybe the first one as the outsider was Andrew Jackson. So let's find out if there's more to know. More to know. Sponsored by Oxford Gold Group. Call today to learn how you can protect your retirement and savings account. 833-600-GOLD. That's 833-600-GOLD. All right, this is good news. Two and three people feel more connected to their families than ever uh, before, thanks to COVID. Uh, They're three and four, as I mentioned to you, for their loved ones this year. Uh, They're going to be with them again as we see this new variant come in. Researchers polled 2,000 Americans to analyze how they plan to connect and make memories with their loved ones this holiday season. Results show the 64% are now closer than ever to their families despite the limitations of the pandemic. Uh, 7 in 10 respondents shared that they look through photos and videos to feel more connected to their loved ones. Really? With them there? Uh, The majority of respondents are kicking kicking it out at old school giving loved ones a phone call, 
or more often, 66% stay in touch and share their appreciation. Over half, 56% send a text to check in, and 50% prefer spending time in person. Doesn't surprise me. Next, what's the fastest movement that humans can make? It is not blinking. It's fascinating. This study shows that according to a new research, finger snap is the fastest movement. 20 times quicker than the blink of an eye. Random fact for you. That's something you could use at the water cooler. Fantastic. We don't have water coolers. Actually, we do. We do have water coolers. Yeah, so but we I am can't all gather that. around them and talk. Right. Uh, by the way, I figured out a way to replace the jug. You know I used to replace the jug in water coolers. I did not know that. Yes. that. Was that a job or is just what you chose to do? A lot of people just sit there. Like some people fix the copier. You other fix people the water jug? The water. Yeah. And you wouldn't spill it all over yourself? I didn't for the most part. Only cups of water all over the But the problem the is you today. wouldn't have the palm of my hand. I would take the top over the palm of my hand and I'd just pull it out real quick. Ah. Uh, yeah. That probably wasn't sanitary. I apologize. Next, holiday hell. Three in five Americans banning unvaccinated relatives from family gatherings. Unbelievable. According to results, two in three respondents feel they cannot go home for the holidays without getting vaccinated first. Of the 65% who fully vaccinated, nearly 6 in 10 have reportedly cut off family members who refuse to get the vaccine. Meanwhile, 63% don't feel comfortable inviting unvaccinated relatives to their parties. If you're vaccinated, you're protected. It's crazy. Next, Minnesota. Uh, McDonald's employees jumped out of a drive through window to help a choking customer. This is incredible. He's 15-year-old Sydney Rally. He was working in the drive through at McDonald's in Eden, uh, in Eden Prairie. Am I saying that right? Yeah, Eden Prairie, Minnesota, when she noticed a customer coughing and gagging in the ch- as a, on a chicken nugget, the teen told CNN. Rayleigh, who had been uh, uh, taking a Red Cross babysitting class when she was 11, instructed the women's daughter to call 911, then used the Heimlich maneuver to attempt to free the nugget from the woman's throat. She told the NBC affiliate, I jumped out the window in the drive-thru and I got her out of the car and I told her daughter to call 911. Thankfully, a bystander waiting for the food in the parking lot helped Rayleigh save the woman from choking. Quote, it could have ended a lot worse, but I'm sure super thankful that bystander helped so much, she explained later. After the life-saving actions, Rayleigh was awarded $100 from the Eden Prairie Police. $100? She'd get more than that. I guess it's like the Good Samaritan Award. I would agree with you, but I mean, she saved her life, so that was the true reward, right? Doing a good thing. Guess so. Letting that woman eat another chicken nugget. Right. Yeah. You, I mean, chicken. It's hard to choke in a chicken nugget, isn't it? Is they're soft. They're not too soft. I mean, you can see how it happens if you don't chew it carefully. All right. Next, Rex Ryan, former but, Jets. Oh, rewind. Sorry, but had they had a life back there, yeah, they could have done that. And I'm holding it up on Fox Nation. You Best just Christmas place, gift. push, pull, place, push, pull. Uh, and there you go. And by the way, uh, they sold two million dollars. Uh, worth of life backs on Fox and Friends the other day. $2 million. Wow, after that video of the mom running into the backyard screaming help. And then being on our show. Wow. So on on the TV show. Life back. So Rex Ryan eviscerates Urban Meyer, the now-fired Jaguars coach. Rex Ryan berated the now-fired coach of the Jaguars, saying he wasn't equipped to coach in this men's league. This is the NFL, he told ESPN's NFL Countdown. It's the best of the best. It's not just for the best players in the country. It's the best coaches. And there's only 32 of those jobs. That's what's happened to these college guys. It's funny. I talked with Urban Meyer when he got the job. He was like, why is it so hard? I told him it's a grind, that the work you got to put in, that they're putting it in on the other side. It's just that you're playing you – know, it, it's like you're playing Alabama every week. The former head coach of the Jets and Bills was not buying Meyer's explanation that the hard work of recruiting compared to the grind of helming an NFL team. He told me about recruiting. 
That's a picnic, he said. You're going to go and you're going to talk to a kid and their families and have a meal? Great. I'm talking about the grind. Your job as the NFL coach is to put your players in the best position possible. So he's ripping a guy when he's down. I always liked Urban Meyer. I don't know what happened over there, but I look forward to finding out as he goes back to Fox. See you at 7. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Janice Dean, Fox News Senior Meteorologist. Be sure to subscribe to the Janice Dean Podcast at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to spread the sunshine. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.